0: this is another episode of of our friends with girl benefits <laughs> What is up, friends with group benefits? You are here today with your co-host. I am Hunter Freeman and my co-host, Taylor Smith. Um, So, Taylor, (laughs) I really want us to quickly just go into why we're here today. And I, I think if you want to add anything with what I'm about to say, please chime in. But we're doing this podcast because we started in this business together Um, almost five years ago now, which is crazy. We went through a rookie training program together and we've looked at this fun world of group insurance being on the carrier side as something that can be dumbed down even further than I think it's been for us at times. So we are here today to help people that are starting out in this business. They're wanting to figure out more about it, what it looks like and what it's about. Cause I do think it takes a lot of time if you're not around it consistently, to really wrap your head and your arms around insurance and ancillary products. So we're here to help simplify that and to help kind of create a, a simpler roadmap to you you understanding the fast track to understanding insurance.
1: It's basically like group benefit for dummies is what we are super excited about. And like, just to also put it out there, i um, so excited that we're finally here. We've been yeah. talking about doing this for Um, oh gosh, like six or so months now, so it's crazy that we're even getting started on it all, but yeah, I mean, to your point, there is so much that we kind of stepped into in this group benefits business that I knew nothing about, Um, and I think it's very intimidating for anyone who is coming into it, right? So uh, I think we just wanted to really dumb it down more, talk about the business, and that way other people can be successful even quicker than we were, right? Like that's kind of the whole point behind what we're doing.
0: Absolutely, okay. So do you want to give us a quick background on, I guess I just kind of shared it, but maybe just a little more specific on what you're like, where do your credentials come from?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So um, I guess we'll kind of take it back a little bit further, um, but I, basically i went to college for all four years um ended up actually being four and a half and i graduated with my mba um which is not necessary for this job for anyone who's listening in um my my background is in international business and then entrepreneurship and um after i graduated i did not know what i wanted to do kind of like everyone else i believe um as they're graduating if you know what you want to do Congratulations, because I had no clue. Um, And I had a really great mentor that basically told me to look at these training programs at all these different companies. And I looked at a specific one and saw this training program for group benefits and had no idea what it was, but signed up right away. Went through a very intense uh, six-step, three-month interview process and ended up getting the job. Uh, I think there were nine of us all together out of Mm -hmm. 300 Mm -hmm. plus applicants, so a little bit crazy. Um, And then I did my training down in Miami, Florida, Um, graduated the program early and then started doing sales, Um, which in my first half year, I took a $300,000 territory and wrote 1.3 million out of it, which was super exciting and great. And then um, my full sales year, my rookie sales year, I ended up getting Rookie of the Year, which was uh, really fantastic. And I was also a top 15 rep in the company. So definitely have some fun credentials going on here. Um, But I say all that to say, it took a lot of work to get here. And I think that there's definitely easier ways to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I should have started with the credentials piece and we could have ended with you there. Um, No, thank you for sharing. (laughs) Um, A little bit of background about myself. Went to school at the University of Oklahoma, majored in human relations, which is literally a weird combination of psychology and sociology and a few other ologies thrown in there, um, which I do think is a all nice the ology. all the ologies. Um, I think it's a nice background to have um, going into a sales role, just with one not looking like the person you're talking to, whether that's being male versus female, your your age difference, um, being married, being single, having kids, not having kids, whatever it is, just having to get along with people that come from a very different background than you and being able to have a conversation that is, is pleasant and they end up liking you, hopefully, and vice versa um, with a minor in business as well. Don't want to leave that one out. But uh, <laughs> so i had a mentor which is a family friend of ours back in dallas texas where i'm from and saw him at his daughter's volleyball tournament where my sister was playing back in the day and he's like hey you got to go get an insurance because i was the same as you taylor i had no idea what i wanted to do i just knew that i'd always wear a suit that's all i knew i just knew i'd wear a suit to work or just something dressed up kind of corporatey and this helped me get into that world so i had A similar interview process as you, but mine was shortened because I was kind of a last minute throw her in there. Um, I got to skip one step, but I definitely got the hardest pieces. I think of the interview process.
1: So jealous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, but I still had to do everything minus, I think the very first interview, I kind of surpassed that on the phone, but all the other fun stuff I got to be a part of. So did the training program in Dallas for a whole year and then moved out to Charlotte, North Carolina, and have been kind of switching different sales roles, working different size segments over the last four years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. So it has been a whirlwind is my word for this and just getting to learn (laughs) the business and really getting to learn a lot of different aspects of it. I think we've had very different experiences, even though we're both in sales where I'm not trying to take away from you, Taylor, but um, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, I've, I think I've worked a little bit more on kind of the sales coordinator service side. I've gotten to see a little bit more of the underwriting piece. Um, it's just, just a couple of different perspectives than what I think the typical sales rep gets to experience every day. So um, I, I like to think that I've got a solid background in a lot of the different aspects of the company and what I think can help make a very successful rep at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, we've got some credentials here of ladies who are trying to help you make your life a little easier in the insurance world.
1: Um,
0: so Taylor, we are going to have a fun thing with our podcast every time we do this, which is a drink. So my dear, what are you sipping on over there?
1: So yes, and a little background on this whole deal is um, for everyone listening, you are probably listening to this podcast um, and hopefully you're listening because you wanna learn how to get into the business quickly, easily, whatever it might be. Um, the other thing about this business is that all of the stuff that we are most likely gonna talk about on these podcasts is can be extremely boring. And so <laughs> Hunter and I are here to not only dumb it down for everyone, but to also make it a little fun. So um, we are going to do a drink of the night on every podcast and we will tie it back to what the podcast is about. So just wanted to give that little preface before I talk about my um, jalapeno margarita, which is what I am drinking tonight. And the drink of the night today really deals with who we are in our background um, together and our personality. the jalapeno margarita i feel like just kind of explains who i am not only as a sales rep but as a person um here's the thing as a sales rep and in this role to what hunter said you have to deal with a lot of different personalities a lot of different people and so to that point i have a little bit of sweetness in my margarita because i have to always have that side available and out and ready to play and make friends with people but There is the jalapeno part, which is a little bit spicy because, you know what, as a sales rep as well, and as you get into this business, you have to make sure that you stand your ground, especially as a female or as a male in this industry. You're going to be told, no, Um, what is it, like nine times out of 10, if not more?
0: Yes, 90% at least.
1: (laughs) There is a 10% closing ratio in this (laughs) business, which is phenomenal. So you know, sometimes you're going to have some emotions and you're going to feel a little spicy. So for me, I am a sweet and spicy jalapeno margarita. I you, girl?
0: <laughs> love it. I think knowing you for five years now, that that is the most perfect drink for a lot of reasons. One, everything you just explained, but like knowing your personality, <laughs> I just love it. Um, <laughs> so mine is maybe... I don't know i don't know if it's so much my personality but i do have a fun insurance thing around it but if i had to tie it to my personality i think um one gin and tonic and tonic is my go-to um i did though kind of upgrade a little bit to hendrix recently but that's just special occasion so that's not all the time but there's hendrix in here um so for me i think a lot of people either love or hate gin and i get it because they're like oh you're drinking a pine tree like why would you want that i don't know i don't taste that i just think it's wonderful (laughs) um but i do think that there's something very sophisticated about gin and i love just kind of like that clear look where it is a little bit of a mystery like what exactly is in there is it vodka you got tequila like i don't know it's silly but that's just how i like it and i think that i really to try to put this persona out of having a sophistication about myself so I think if I had to tie it from a personality standpoint that would be it but what I really want to share about my gin and tonic here is how this became my go-to drink which hey y'all you need a go-to drink people drink in insurance you don't have to it's not that you won't be successful without it but people drink in the insurance world so
1: which we will also get into in a later episode on what all of that is like but i do love this story hunter about how you came to a gin and tonic as your drink so yes what what is it
0: so the mentor i was talking about back in dallas which is a family friend of ours um my he's a broker so he's someone that we on the carrier side service and call on and one of the ladies in the office was his carrier rep. So she's like, Hey, I'm going to go out and see Rob today. Like you come tag along. I'm going to go see the office. Like, we're going to go out for drinks afterwards. Like, okay, awesome. Like so excited to see this guy again. And like from a business perspective, so we go to a cigar bar because he's big into cigars. And, (laughs) We sit down and the waitress comes over and she's like, all right, like, what can I get you all to drink? And Rob points to me to go first. And I was like, ah, uh," just like stammering over myself, had no idea what to say. Like, I didn't have a go-to drink yet. I'm 21, 22, just turned 22. And then the rep goes and then he goes and he looks at me and he orders me a gin and tonic. He's like, she'll have this. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I've never had that before. I don't know if I'm going to like it. And he's like, listen, you have to have a go-to drink. It is so important. You don't need to be looking at menus unless you just want to see what they have different. He's like, but you have to have your go-to drink. So when you sit down they ask, you know it. He's like, there's something about the way that looks and comes across, you're decisive, all this other stuff. And I was just like, that seems like a silly thing to me. But when you start going out with these, business professionals, you see that everyone has a go-to drink. You need to know what you're having and you can change it up after that, but know your go-to drink. So I got my first Tanqueray and tonic that day and I fell in love with it. And that has been my, my go-to ever since five years later.
1: No, I absolutely love that. And I think, um, for anyone who's listening, when you do pick your go-to drink, um, you got to make sure that is something that you can sip on because with this industry, (laughs) you'll be drinking. So, I think that you you need something to sip on. And just a super side note, real quick um, for everyone who's listening, Hunter recently got married, which is why she's now Hunter Freeman. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting this man at her wedding. And um, Hunter and I had talked beforehand, so I kind of knew about this story. And I brought it up to him, and he told me everything about how you all met. And I was. First thing he shakes my hand, tells me who he is, and I go, Oh, you're the gin and tonic man. And he's like, What? And I'm like, No, like Hunter told me about this like go to drink, like da 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 da. He was like, I don't remember that, but I do drink gin and tonic. So I was like, yep. fair enough.
0: Yep. So he had even he had no idea the impact he had on me that day, but it's stuck with me for all this time. And it has just like if we're, like, all of my friends know if we're going out drinking, like, if I'm not around, they want to get me something like at the bachelorette, get her a gin and tonic. She'll be a happy girl. So, yeah, I, I just think go. it's important in personal world who cares business world know what your go to drink is. So that is our drinks to kind of explain our personality, but also tie it into really what the importance behind this is. And I think moving forward will make it a little more fun. And um, I know that we have some maybe more uh, themed drinks, which I can't wait for in future episodes. But the big thing today was one wanting to introduce ourselves to you all and letting you know what we're really about here today, but wanting to to break down how we're going to do this with seasons. So, this first season is talking about high level structure and what the heck insurance is and what it looks like from a bird's eye view, and then trying to dive in deeper is what we're going to be doing with all of this. So, today, finally getting to the meat of this is the structure of insurance. So, Taylor and I, when we were brainstorming, how do we want to explain this, especially for someone who's just listening if we don't post the video you can't watch the video how do you explain insurance and how it works so Taylor I'm going to leave that one up to you to share how what we decided would be the best way to explain it to people
1: (laughs) yeah so I think the first thing is that we'd want to say are there's probably three main players when it comes to insurance and the insurance industry Um, you're going to have your clients you're going to have the carrier and then you're going to have the broker. So, we'll break those down a little bit further kind of as we go, but the thing is is these three work in a very like harmonious relationship, right? Like you have the client talks to the broker, who talks to the carrier, and the carrier talks to the broker, who talks to the client, and that's kind of the ladder of how decisions are made. And so when we thought about this. We're like, well, wait a minute. This kind of correlates with something that we both know, and um, it's it's uh, called Newton's cradle. Um, we thought <laughs> or we had, had to Google. It. We had <laughs> to Google. We did have to Google. And for anyone who doesn't know what Newton cradle is, um, let me explain. It is that little structure that has the metal balls on it, where you hit it at one end, and then it hits the middle ball, and that hits the other ball, and it's in this complete, tandemonious relationship where it keeps going and going supposedly forever, but I do know that with gravity or friction or something, it eventually stops. But um We also give is, science
0: lessons on, on our podcast too. We, we do, it's insurance and science. You are all very, very welcome.
1: Um, but that is actually a really good description of how insurance works because again, with the Newton's Cradle is you can add more balls onto the cradle as well, and you'll almost have where two hit one, that hit two, that hit one, and everything keeps going forward. So we'll go into what more of these things are with, like, a general agency, a FinTech vendor, um, everything else that gets included, but the three main pieces are a client, a carrier, um, and a broker partner are going to work harmoniously in the insurance business, which is kind of the overview of the
0: structure. I mean, what do you think about that, Hunter? I think that's great. And I think that it it does make a lot of sense, again, knowing what you and I do know about it. And so I think that that does create hopefully a roadmap for people to know that there's can be the, the word balls just sounds so weird coming out of your mouth sometimes, right?
1: <laughs> they are. They're the metal balls. <laughs>
0: Uh, I made it weird. I'm sorry, but um, I, it's just—it really is so simple in that structure. And like, whenever before trying to explain it to people, like if we're sitting down at a table at a restaurant, like I would grab three cups and I would just put that or like a coaster in the middle, and it's just like a like a linear line, like one, two, three, and I'd just say, if this person wants to talk to this person, they have to go through here. They'll connect and they'll just keep coming back. And this is how the connection goes. It's always through this, it's never hopping over. And so I like the Newton's Cradle example, because like you said, we can add some more cups in there. We can add another coaster as like, how the connection and the communication is going. So there is a lot more to come around this, but just remember there's, there's a person out there, a group, an employer with their employees, they want insurance, right? So how do they get it? They usually have a broker, and their brokers then going to go to all these different carriers. And the carriers are the ones that are supplying it, paying, paying out claims. So I think that that is really, truly the simplest way to break it down and understanding who we are, which Taylor and I are on the carrier side. We are the ones paying out the claims. And we're working with these brokers, that middleman. And our brokers are the ones that have all these clients that we're trying to sell our insurance to. So I hope that that best explains, high level, what this is, what we're about, what we're doing, who we're working with. Um, And the deeper we get into it, I think you'll kind of see why we're talking about all the different balls that we can add into this to make it the world that it really is um, that we experience every single day.
1: Yeah, no. And I think, you know, this episode is, you know, titled The Structure, right? The Structure of Insurance. And structure of insurance and the insurance business is exactly what you said just to repeat it one more time for everybody is do mm-hmm. so you have the carriers um which there are a plethora of carriers out there um, and you're talking about there's ancillary benefits there's medical benefits there's 401k and there are carriers for all of those things all of those carriers then work with a broker partner and they try to sell their insurance business to that broker as being the best of the best the best and final whatever it might be and then that broker is the one that takes that business and takes all of those different quotes from the broker from the carriers and shows that to the client for the client to make the best and final decision and really the role of the broker in that standpoint if you're going on the broker's end is to know where the best value comes from to let your clients know so it's really a waterfall down kind of method of you know, carrier to broker to client on final decision. But as we start to go into more of what can be included in all of these complex relationships, the Newton Cradle is really gonna make more sense because there's so much more to what goes into those three.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but so not to overwhelm you and wanna keep you in this world because it is such a great industry to be a part of. This is such a good first step into understanding what every day is gonna look like. Um, and we'll just keep digging in further from here, which Taylor, um, do you know what our next episode is about? I have it written down here. Oh, I have it next time. We yes, will be talking about products. That's what I have. <laughs> and yes, so
1: we will be talking about products, which I kind of gave a little illusion into alleviation about ancillary PNC 401k health. We're going to be digging
0: in real deep (laughs) yes so just to get y'all excited about this (laughs) um there are so many different buckets of insurance out there so we're just going to kind of give you an understanding of what is available and kind of a carrier where they might be focusing because a carrier can't do everything at least they can't do everything well and I don't think there's one out there that even attempts to because there's too many different moving pieces and you gotta be an expert in one of them. So next time we come together, we'll be talking about products, high level and what is out there, um, what you could be selling, what you could be trying to push, what you could be buying from someone. So Taylor, I think that's a wrap on our first episode here.
1: That is a wrap. So um thank you everyone for joining. We will see you next week. Um so we'll see you next time groupie stay classy.
0: Stay classy. <laughs> thanks for listening follow us on Instagram at friends with group benefits podcast see you next week. next week. week